0: They are going to bring pressure again. Rogers is going to roll away. Throws it up in the air. Says a prayer. And Janis! Oh, please! What a catch! It's insane! Oh Oh my, that may be one of the great throws ever made. Moving to his left. But did the receivers get far enough downfield? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. A game-ender for the Packers. Giants looking for a stop. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. come Touchdown. Unbelievable. Man, who does that better than Aaron Rodgers? Welcome to the Rodgers Hail Mary podcast. I am your host, Nathan Spooner, and I would like you to consider this thought. Bowl predictions are kind of like... Hail Marys. Sometimes you just have to throw them up there and pray they come to completion. The only difference is Aaron Rodgers' Hail Marys are a little more accurate than my predictions. Now, my mission statement is to bring you weekly bold predictions for the Packers, the NFL, and even once in a while a little college football. But it's been quite a while since I brought you guys any predictions. I kind of taken a break for the offseason as well. as took a break during the last 2 weeks of the season, it was just something I had to deal with there personally. I was a little probably too angry to be able to um, deal with the fact that we lost to the Bears, and then we lost again at the end of the year, and it was just it was just a rough year. So I needed to take a little break, but I'm back and have big things to look forward to with the new year coming up for the Packers with Matt Lafleur as our new head coach, and Aaron Rodgers is gonna be healthy again. And there's a lot to talk about. And so today I want to talk about, first of all, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the questionability of his coachability as well as his leadership ability and how ridiculous that just is. Then we're going to talk about a little bit of free agent signing as well as a little bit of draft stuff, but just a little twist on that from my perspective in that area, although I wouldn't consider myself necessarily a draft expert. But okay, Aaron Rodgers, let's talk about him. It is absolutely and totally ridiculous that anybody would think that Aaron Rodgers is not a good teammate, is not coachable, or anything like that. That, that he demands too much of his players. How ridiculous does that sound to you? Well, who's saying these things besides other fan bases? I haven't really seen too many other Packer fans saying this. Mostly from other fan bases taking little threads and, and of nuggets of quotes from old players. Who, who are these guys? And who's promoting these things? Well, they're being promoted by national sports media on Fox, on ESPN, and probably NFL Network, although I don't get NFL Network where I'm at, unfortunately, with, I use YouTube TV, and I don't have NFL Network then, so I don't get to watch, see much what's going on in there. But, these other national media outlets are all over the negative content, so that's all they really—you'll barely see anything positive coming from them because it just doesn't get the clicks, right? Well, who has been saying this about Aaron Rodgers? Well, Kabir Basha, I believe, was the first one of the first ones. And what do we know about him except that he only played one year with Aaron Rodgers. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the a year where Aaron Rodgers— was not even the starter. Brett Favre still was a starter. So what does he know about Aaron Rodgers' leadership ability? And even if it was during a year, and I could be wrong, that it was during a year that Aaron Rodgers was the starter, it's only one stinking year. He doesn't know. And it would have been over 12 years ago now that this would be an issue. That Kabir Bajamil played with him. Then we have Jermichael Finley, I think, was the one of the first ones to start saying things. And Jermichael Finley is just bitter because Aaron Rodgers didn't give him as many targets as he wanted to. And what is his criticism of Aaron Rodgers? That he's too hard on the players. It expects too much from them. How utterly ridiculous is that? What good, what great NFL quarterback doesn't expect better things from his receivers. It's just ridiculous. I guarantee you Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson expect great things and expect their receivers to do better, to be in certain places at certain times. And I especially Tom Brady, I we've seen Tom Brady go after pl- players and Get on them for not doing the right thing. It's happened. It's not a big deal. It's part of the game. So get over your whiny self, Jermichael Finley. And also, you haven't played with Aaron Rodgers since for about four or five, for about five or six years. Then you have Greg Jennings. I think Greg Jennings also is a little bit bitter. And why would that be? Well, first of all, he. Probably didn't like the way he had to leave Green Bay. Jordy Nelson was his favorite target. And when he left, he probably didn't feel like Aaron Rodgers stood up for him, like the way he has stood up for Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobb crying with Randall Cobb's departure. and So, probably just a little bit of bitterness. Probably did get along better with Brett Favre. Okay, that's fine. But why bash Aaron Rodgers' leadership ability? It's questionable to use Greg Jennings' comments and take them with a little bit of credibility at all. Okay? So there's the three main guys that the national media is using. And it's just utterly ridiculous. How the heck do any of these other fan bases even know what Aaron Rodgers is like? Let me tell you what other players have said, and there's dozens upon dozens of other players that have played with Aaron Rodgers that rave about him as a teammate and as a leader. Randall Cobb loves Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was in Randall Cobb's wedding. Aaron Jones was just on the Rich Eisen show raving about Aaron Rodgers' leadership and teammate, how great of a teammate he is. And Jordy Nelson has come out, and he's already a year removed from being a Packer. He's been on the Raiders for a year and has since come out and said, it's utterly ridiculous to think that Aaron Rodgers is not a good leader. He found it laughable was part of his quote. And I wish I had pulled up the quote earlier I, in time for this, but I, I read it before and I didn't pull it up. But he just totally dismisses the whole issue as ridiculous so it is completely ridiculous to say that aaron Rodgers is not a good teammate is not coachable and is not a leader okay so let's put that past us if you hear anybody try to say that antonio brown for what that's worth whatever you say care about him coming to the team or your opinion on that i don't care that's not the point here The fact that there will be two divas on the team, and one of them being Aaron Rodgers. If anybody says anything about Rodgers being a diva, not being coachable, not being a good teammate, you should just put them in their place right then and there as complete morons. And sheep for just believing anything that national sports media puts out there. Alright, enough of that rant. Let's go ahead and look at some free agent stuff real quick. Some bold predictions on that. Uh, I'm not a real expert with the numbers on these things. So I just know what I've seen on tape from these guys. And I'm not a big fan of Landon Collins. So I'm not a big fan of him coming to Green Bay. Who would I like to see come to Green Bay? Of course Earl Thomas is the big one, right? But he's got the big contract. Uh, Will we be able to land him over Dallas or some other team that might have a little bit more of an attractive location as far as the United States goes? Let's just be honest. Um, Green Bay doesn't have that same draw as Dallas for the national media uh, or Los Angeles for the warmth or somewhere in Florida, Miami, or Tampa, or Jacksonville. Or any of these southern teams that have warmth, right? So Green Bay doesn't have some of those things. So, what are our chances of landing him? I'm not sure. But I just saw this tweet from Ross Uglum on Twitter, and he's a must follow if you're not following him, of course. But I like Trey Boston. Value signing, I like his energy, I like his tackling, I like everything about Trey Boston. And then he also said, Weddle, Eric Weddle, just got released by the Ravens. Why not double up and get both of those guys for $10 million total combined? That's a steal. It instantly improves our safety position. It instantly makes us better there. Then we can still go get somebody in the draft and with pick 44 or in the third round and give him a year. And we can also maybe sign Ibrahim Campbell as well, get him back. And we have these guys as depth and rotation until the rookie, whoever we draft, is ready to go and get starting. So I love Trey Boston, Eric Weddle as a leader for maybe one year or maybe two at the most, and then that new safety comes in, and then we have Trey Boston for a longer period of time. I love that idea. But if we got Earl Thomas, definitely would love that more, and then we still draft a safety, that would be great. Then at Edge, I've seen all sorts of things on this. You got the two guys in Kansas City, D. Ford and Houston, and you have um, Anthony Barr out there. Honestly, I do want us to sign somebody. Um, Fowler's also out there coming off the Rams. And, uh, of course, played for Jacksonville, so he knows Hackett. Um, but that doesn't necessarily matter offense and defense so much. Just a familiar name and face around the locker room. So, But I'm, I, I'm not huge fans of necessarily any of these guys. So, but I would be happy if we got any one of those guys. to improve our edge rush, and but I I really just want to, to be able to get somebody in the draft. So who do I want in the draft? I would love for Montez Sweat to fall to us. Okay, What he did at the Combine is great. What he's done on tape is great. But consider this. The rumors are huge now that the Cardinals are not going to draft Nick Bosa. They're going to draft Kyler Murray. I'm not saying I want to do this, but just as a far-out, bold prediction. Imagine this scenario. they, Cardinals draft Kyler Murray. The Packers now have a chance to get go for Nick Bosa because he's not the number one pick. So it will be easier to draft up and get him at the number two or three than it is the number one. It'll cost less. Than the number one pick. What if they trade their two first round picks and maybe even a fifth rounder? Throw in something else if that's what it takes. A late, late rounder, fifth round or later pick. And go get Nick Bosa. Okay, that would be something very interesting. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I kind of like. Our draft picks that we got, and we have great draft stock and these picks. I like it, but just imagine if that happened, what you would think about that, and how you would feel having Nick Bosa on this team. And then we also sign a really good edge rusher in free agency. Then the last thing I want to talk about for draft, and this is some Late round gems that we could pick up. Now my small area of expertise is coming from my Michigan State Spartan fandom. And there are a couple guys for our offense that we could snag up that will be late round steals from the MSU offense. Now, if you watched anything about the Spartans this past year, our offense did not look great. But these two guys were not the reason this... Spartan offense struggled last year. In fact, they're the only reason the offense had any kind of success while they were playing. And that is L- uh, L.J. Scott, I almost said Le'Veon Bell, L.J. Scott and Felton Davis. Okay? Late-round steals. Everybody wants to add something in the draft for more weapons for Aaron Rodgers. Well, these guys could fall to rounds five, six, or seven. L.J. Scott, first of all, about him. If you're one of those people that wanted to go out and get Le'Veon Bell, another former Spartan, by the way, if you're one of those people, I say to you, L.J. Scott is a mini version of Le'Veon Bell. The difference, he did not get the exposure in college. He did not get the playing opportunity in college. He had some injury issues, but also I don't think he was utilized by the offense of game plan as much as he want Le'Veon Bell was. So he was underutilized. He did not get that same opportunity Le'Veon Bell did. And so I think he would be a great late-round pickup and add him to our running back depth. I think that would be a great idea. Then Felton Davis was on pace for a ridiculous season this last year. He's a junior, and he could have had a really great year. And then in the Michigan game, he blew his Achilles. So... With both these guys, a little bit injury problem, but they're late-round draft picks. It's worth the risk, if you ask me. But Felton Davis, he can make all the catches. He can go up and high-point the ball. He just, every time I watched him and you watch his tape, he looks like an NFL wide receiver. So picking him up would be a great steal in the round seven or so. He still couldn't work out at the combine, because of his injury recovering from the injury he might not even be able to work out at the Michigan State pro pro day so you're going completely off his medical he was there for the combine for the medical and for interviews and everything is still on his projected recovery time everything's going great with that he said so he would be a great steal for the packers to add a weapon that could develop into something Maybe even in his first year, but for sure his second, third year, he could be a great wide receiver for the Packers. Then, moving over to the defense from the Spartans, you have cornerback Justin Lane. Now, he's picked up steam lately since the Combine, and they some people are starting to put him in the late first round, early second round. So I don't really see the Packers being able to go after him, but watch some of his tape. He's a big body. He looks like an NFL cornerback. Big body, big body. Kind of like a Kevin King, he's physical and a really, really good tackler. And then you have safety Kari Willis. I haven't seen too much on him in the draft or where people are projecting him to go. So, but I'd assume since he's not in that top tier, people of who people are talking about like Nasir Adeley and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And a couple other guys, he's probably not in that top 5 or right around there. So he would be somebody that you could pick up in that 4th, 5th, 6th round area and fill a need. And he's a great, great um, ball hawk. He plays the ball well. So he would be a good addition to our secondary, especially somebody that could learn under whoever we sign as a safety as well. Maybe it's somebody that we double dip with where we get a higher ranked um, safety early in the draft and then we go deeper into the draft and we can double dip and get Kari Willis as well. So there's just a few Spartan names for you there and would be great additions to our Packer team and at a valued price. Bargain value. Well, go and uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Twelve Hill Mary, and follow us on Facebook. And uh, you can follow my personal account on Twitter, also at God's Sports USA. God Sports USA on Twitter. That's me. I'm I'm Nathaniel Spooner, Nathan Spooner, as uh, I go by generally and uh, you'll be able to see a lot of my thoughts on not just the Packers, but other things as well there with other teams. And then share the news about this podcast. If you followed me through the season and you liked what you heard and you want to see more, let me know. I appreciate any feedback we can get, and we will be back hopefully right before the draft i want to come back again and do a little bit but uh if i can't by then we'll definitely do post-draft stuff and take a look at some of the upcoming season stuff and the schedule that'll be coming out shortly thereafter the draft so until then go pack good He's Fumble. he fumbles he fumbles